All right, everybody, it's here. I've arrived. Seeking Spirit, the podcast. So today's episode is all about spiritual awakenings. Um, experienced this myself and thought no better way to start out our first podcast than to talk about a spiritual awakening. So join me today. We'll talk about the six stages of a spiritual awakening, kind of um, delve into them pretty deeply so that you get a picture of maybe what you're going through, what somebody else you know is going through, and be able to feel like you're not going insane. Let's do this. So, dun, da, da, da. thank you for showing up today and hanging out with me for my pilot episode of Seeking Spirit. I'm just all euphoric and giddy today, so just hang in there with me. It's going to be fantastic. So I pondered what uh, to start off with for this first episode, and I figured what better topic to start off this shit show with than what's a spiritual awakening and how do I know if I'm having one? So uh, I've managed to actually break it up into the six stages of spiritual awakening, which will in turn cause that light bulb to go off and let you know, yep, this is it. I'm not going insane. It's real. And man, let me tell you, it is, it's like a wildfire going across the wilderness of our planet. (laughs) People's souls are lighting up and there is definitely something afoot. I mean, people are waking up. They're not the same anymore. I know you've noticed that there's been a lot of changes going on with either somebody that you know or yourself in the last year or a couple of years. I mean, there is a absolute rash of people not willing to take the collective bullshit anymore. I mean, seriously, though, like people are quitting their jobs. They're selling all their stuff and buying RVs and traveling the countryside doing odd jobs and everyone's doing yoga now and meditation is mainstream. They now have weekly yoga at my daughter's elementary school even, which I'm super hyped about. But seriously though, like people's percep- perceptions and their perspectives on their own relationships, like with family especially, it's with friends, coworkers, people have been going through it the last couple of years. I know I have. They're just, I don't know, I guess it seems to be a lot of real like cleaning house type moments. People do have an unusual clarity, this light bulb moment about how certain relationships make them feel and then having the desire to figure out why. Why does it make me feel that way? Why is all this happening? Why blah, blah, blah? You just want to know. This is the process of waking up, coming out of the slumber that we've been in as a human collective. So let's bust out these carefully cataloged stages and start connecting some of the dots. So the six stages of spiritual awakening by Sheila Say. The first one, uh, should I list them all? I don't know how I should do this. Should I give you one, two, three, four, five, six, and then go back? 
let's do them one at a time. Haha, <laughs> then you'll have something to look forward to. So the first one, I'm calling it the alarm clock stage or the wake up, damn it, stage. <laughs> I hear in my head the you know, the the military reveille bugle call. This is your moment. This is your like, holy shit, what is going on? I, something's happening to me. It usually comes about by some kind of outside trigger, some, I don't know, a health crisis for yourself or maybe somebody close to you or sometimes it's through divorce or relationship loss. Maybe it's you've lost your job and now all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, what do I want to do with my life? And what, what was that a blessing? And, you know, you just start to really look at things differently. The pandemic was a huge catalyst for this. And it's also worth noting that our earth is experiencing a massive acceleration of energy that's just bombarding our planet and thereby our energetic bodies, which can even cause spontaneous awakenings too, without even having to have a situation or a crisis that sets off the alarm clock. This energy that we're getting on the earth right now, man, it is intense. I know you hear it, but it is. And so that can even trigger like a spontaneous um, awakening where a person just boom wakes up one day and for one reason or another maybe it's a statement a tv show a meme a whatever it is something will hit it will hit you and it'll just boom it'll turn the light switch on and it's when really like your soul activates in a sense you've gotten off of this hamster wheel you're all of a sudden catapulted into seeing literally almost everything in your life through a new lens, through an altered state of consciousness. It's when your ego or your, you know, your sense of control, the thing that has kept you, you know, really cemented in your beliefs and the thing that makes you feel your identity, who you are, you're a, you know, a dad and you're a, real estate agent <laughs> and you're successful and you are you're raising smart sensitive young children like just you know your ego gives you this sense of who you are as a person and this starts to relax a little bit and and this new energy which is also light starting to enter and it's like th- things that you've been fine and dandy with and forever that all of a sudden you just have this new vantage point And things reveal themselves to be no longer satisfying. Lies that your ego is telling yourself about yourself, about your worth, what makes you happy. The people-pleasing stops, man. Social systems that you've always been a part of. You know, maybe you've always gone to church your whole life and all of a sudden you're starting to just feel like um, you'd like to do do things different, connect differently. Um, you're experiencing, you know, moments of true connectedness differently in, in a walk in the woods as opposed to being in church and that's freaking you out and you're like, what is this all about? It's just seeing things from a different perspective. Yeah. It's, you know, even like education, like my daughter's education, I completely like 
they're not going back to public school next year just because of my own vantage point, my own perspective of what I want for my daughters. Not putting that on anyone else, not saying that's their, you know, that you should do that because that's the enlightened thing to do. But no, it's just something that for me, my perspective is that's what I want to do. I have a different idea of what I want for them, how I want them to learn, and the things I want them to learn. So, so yeah, so you'll, you'll start to really um, start to have things that you were never, ever questioning just become a thing for you. Um, all of a sudden, you totally see the other side of the story, the other perspective, judgments that you used to hold and don't even act. You know, everyone has judgments. Don't even act like you don't, folks, because I know. I know that you do. So um, judgments that you used to hold, um, you start to forgive people for their faults a little bit. I mean, that comes down the line, but you start to just see, man, I'm kind of a fucked up individual. And you start to look at other people and go, you know what? Like in terms of even looking for me, it was a lot of it was my healing and my past. And I kind of just had to look at my past and be like, gosh, I could just sit and play the blame game all the, all day long. And then, yeah, you have to acknowledge like your your traumas and your hurts and all that stuff and feel all those feelings. But those judgments, those, you know, those, man, those things that you just held close to you that you would never forgive, man, you just start to be like, wow, we're all just kind of trying to do the best we can. So it, it's, it's, yeah, you want to know the answers to deeper questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Um... Yeah, this alarm clock is kind of ticking. It's going, what? you're late for school. You're late, you're late, you're late. That's what I remember feeling at the beginning of my, um, when I started in this stage, I started feeling, I even wrote it in my journal, that you're late. You're late for something. I keep feeling there's an alarm clock in my head and it's telling me I'm late for something. And I even experienced the feeling of, the feeling when, and I described it to somebody, I was like, you know, like if you're supposed to do a favor for somebody, like say they ask you, hey, can you pick up my daughter? Like my sister says, can you pick my kids up at school today or something? And I agree. And I go, oh, sure, I'll pick them up from school. Now, you know, that's pretty damn important. And I had this sense or this feeling that like that anxiety that I was feeling was similar to like, if you told somebody, yeah, I'll do that. And then you look over and it's six o'clock and you went and forgot to pick up the kids, that, that panic, that holy crap, I was supposed to do this. And, and even kind of like a, you felt bad for not doing it. Like, you don't even know. I don't know. That's what I felt. So, um, it was really like a moment where my guide, my spirit guides and angels were just like, oh my gosh, shaking me, um, (laughs) shaking me to wake me up. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're kind of asking questions. you start prioritizing yourself. Um, you start, um, not accepting the treatment, maybe like any kind of treatment that has been a barrier to you um, accelerating in terms of, um, you know, your your mental health. If, if anything has been a problem for your mental health, you're going to start recognizing it and you're going to start questioning it and you're going to start trying to eliminate those things. And that maybe that's people and that happens too. Um, 
You even start looking at things like your diet, your health in general. Um, you really start to think, hmm, and this is, this happened for me during the pandemic. So it was a very big issue. My health in general, my um, feeling of needing to have control and, and say what does go in and out of my body became a very big issue for me. And I will just be honest with you. Yes, you heard in my intro that I'm a registered nurse and um, loved the practice of nursing and never had a problem with it, felt like I had a wonderful job, and it became a decision I had to make whether or not I was going to um, get the get the in, the um, vaccine. And I just felt like for me, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it based on just my own personal research, my own personal feelings. And I really don't need any other, um, you know, realize that I didn't need anything to give a reason why or defend myself in my decision other than that is not how I feel or what I feel is best for me. And that became an issue. And that became a really big thing for me. Like, I need to have, I need to experience sovereignty over my body. And um, so, um, long story short, um, I opted to move into, uh, rather than, you know, toe the line, go with the status quo, I chose to move my, um, my, practice of healthcare into the energetic realm. And so I um, started looking up all kinds of stuff because I did a meditation and I started um, really receiving um, communication from God, the universe, that there was another way that I could move into and practice that. And so I started um, studying the um, practice of Reiki, which is energy healing. And it is a wonderful modality, and it's perfect for me. I don't want to go too much into it, but that's kind of what happened with me. So you'll start to look at things way, way differently, um, and they will lead you down different roads. And that is, of course, the whole magnificence of it, because one little step in one direction that you feel led to can lead to the other and then the other and then the other and it's such a beautiful organic um and sometimes very difficult um thing to go through but it is miraculous and um i wouldn't be here um feeling so freaking awesome if I hadn't gone through this. So, and now I'm here kind of helping to fulfill what I felt like was my purpose in, um, you know, moving into Reiki healing and energy healing and being a teacher and just helping people during this time. So, um, don't fret. If you are in this first stage, hang in there. This is a wonderful, wonderful stage. Okay. Um, one, one of the other aspects of this alarm clock or initial stage of a spiritual awakening is that your body's entire energy system just fires up. Like, I mean, just woo. So you're probably like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Sheila? 
So let's detour just for a second. Let me give a little background to what I mean when I say your body's energy systems. I'm going to go through kind of fast so I don't lose track and get back to our list. But okay, so we're going to talk about the body's energy system. So just like the physical body, the human body is like an interdependent working together. Every cog has a purpose in this system, multi-system. And each of the human body energy systems is related to systems of the physical body. And just like the physical body has layers like skin and tissue and muscle and bone, the human energy body has layers, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. And those are all interconnected in such a way that they all kind of feed off of and and help to you know, take up space for each other. Now, the main energy system is called the chakra system. And the word in Sanskrit means spinning wheel. There are chakras for different regions of the physical body and the etheric body. The main seven are first chakra, root. It's found at the base of the spine. The second is your sacral chakra. And it is found just below the belly button, just below your navel. The third is called the solar plexus chakra, and it is just above the navel, above your belly button, and below the sternum. So in that space, you know, just between where your um, your sternum is. Now, the fourth is your heart chakra. It is right in the middle of your chest. The fifth is your throat chakra, right at the center of the throat area. Your sixth is called your brow, or you probably have heard the third eye chakra. And this is found between the brows, between your eyebrows, and then just kind of up slightly. And then your final or seventh crown chakra is right at the top of your head. Um, Right, put your hand on the top of your head and kind of where your hand lands, that's where your heart chakra is. Now, there are, there actually are a lot more chakras and more teachings on that you know, on the chakra system and that expands on this, but I just hit the basic seven. Now, what are they? What do they do? They act like spinning vortexes. So I envision them like just spinning, like a, like you're looking down at a radar map of a hurricane. That's what I see in my head. And then I connect the colors for the chakras to that. But that's what I see. And then I also see like light emanating out of them. So... <laughs> I have quite an imagination, which is really helpful, (laughs) but each chakra is connected to specific organs in your body, and that acts like a portal to link the whole energy system together, and now... I'm sorry, I keep detour. Detour too. Need to note that when I talk about the energy that's moving through the body, that energy is the energy of the totality of the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, and the experiences that you have had as a human being since your birth. So if a person experiences trauma, for example, in childhood and never works through it and just stuffs it down... As an adult, it will present itself in one way or another in the body. It's fascinating stuff. But we, okay, so now that I have given you the basis of the chakra system, the the body's energetic system, let's go ahead and move on. So when we are unawakened, our energy system is 
a sort of like in a hibernation mode. And when our spiritual awakening starts, the floodgates open up and you just start feeling a lot. But you are receiving a lot of energy than you were before. So that's what's happening. You're getting a lot more energy in. You're paying a lot more attention to things that you didn't pay attention to before. You're noticing behaviors. You're changing your own behaviors. You're giving yourself more knowledge. You're seeking out wisdom. You're seeking out truths. And this kind of energetic activity starts to really fire things up. And that is going to cause you to start feeling a whole lot. Now, don't freak out during this stage here because, oh my God, God forbid, and I'm sorry, but I know men in our society are conditioned to believe that they shouldn't show emotion, but that is what is fucking killing our men in our society. Shoving shit down, acting like they're not upset or can't cry or don't have any kind of sense of attack, you know, like identification with any kind of emotional communicating thing. Now, there are a lot of men that have come a long way, but I'm just saying like, I mean, if you look across the, I'm not talking about just in America, I'm talking about across the planet. It is a problem. Men need to, man, men need to be awakened to this because it would help so much of their um, just state of self-satisfaction. But anyway, okay, so don't freak out. Start alienating everybody, okay, during this stage because you're like, oh my God, that that makes me feel this and that makes me feel that. And then your tendency is to kind of pull away, but don't do that. I want you to just realize that this wake-up call stage, if it was like a 1970s cop show, this would be a long stakeout to observe, to take notes, observe the perp, take inventory, so to speak, of the the new thoughts that you're having, the new paradigm shifts, the new realizations about how you're living, how you want to live. This is definitely a long night observing, eating donuts, talking shit before formulating the plan, okay? This is a stakeout. This is not the SWAT team showing up, cops pouring out, helmets on, riot gear, busting down the door with a battering ram. Uh Uh-uh. This is the, I have to just kind of look around, observe, take notes. I'm sorry. I can't help a good TV metaphor. Anyway, anyway, the last tip for this first stage, journal. Write it all down. It will absolutely help you. You'll be able to refer back to it. And just the physicality, just the actual putting pen to paper or typing it out or just the process of of putting stringing sentences together to articulate what's what you're feeling helps you to actually process what you're feeling. And, you know... You, Make lists, do whatever, you know, draw, doodle, like journal, just journal, write stuff down. What things in your life do you suddenly see differently? There are journals you can go to in any Barnes & Noble or any Meyer Kroger or anywhere that sells stationary products. You can target 
go there. There are wonderful, wonderful journals that help you to walk through uh, this stage and walk through, you know, just life questions and just changing your perspective and keeping you, you know, focused on things that um, expand your consciousness, so to speak. So then ask yourself, After you ask, what things in my life do I suddenly see differently? Ask yourself this question because it is very vital to moving forward. Can I open my mind to explore other belief systems and other ways of being than how I have already been living? Write as much and as often as you can. You will process through trauma You will heal your inner child if your intention is to do so. So that is my final tip for stage one. Let's move on now. Stage two is expansion. Interconnectedness is what we call it. So it's a state of expansion for your soul. You start to feel very, very connected to everything. But you will have some overlap with each of the stages. You may experience portions of stage two and stage one and vice versa. And it should probably continue, you know, throughout your awakening with all the different stages. But so here in this stage, the expansion stage, you are moving out of the initial shock of, you know, just your world getting rocked. Where the hell am I? Who am I? What am I? The realization stage that things are much more than what they seem is now coming into a place where you start to experience an elevated sense of emotion. This feeling connected to everything. Here you start to feel like you're uncovering fundamental truths of the universe. It's the stage where you really start to feel the consciousness just sort of reaching out to the world around you, putting out like cosmic feelers and receiving information. And you're just in awe and wonder of it all. You have these aha moments that suddenly make so much sense about just anything, really. Relationships, aha moments about nature, aha moments about your path, your journey. You will feel in this stage like you are truly growing into higher consciousness. It's during this stage that your ego or your emotional control, remember now, it's it's easing up. It's kind of taking a back seat. You are experiencing deep joy, wonder at the world, interests, things, you know, things that you were never interested in before become more frequent. You're like, hey, let's go kayaking. Or hey, you know, I think I want to do yoga. I keep saying yoga stuff because that's one of the things that happened to me. I all of a sudden was like, I'm so interested in yoga. And it was because it was good for me. It's because my spirit knew that's what I needed. Um, Christina Lopes, one of my favorite influencers and um, founder of the Heart Alchemist states, It's when a pureness of being starts to take root. And this pureness of being is understanding your connection to all things. I remember in the TV show long time ago, um, the TV show Lost, 
I remember there was a scene or something about where they were on, well, they were on an island, but they found this other set of people that was on the island or something. And I just remember the phrase namaste. And I thought, oh, I remember hearing that, but I never really knew what it meant. It really refers to kind of a new way of seeing yourself and others. And it kind of makes sense to me that in this stage, that's when this um, sentiment really kind of means something. Directly translated, it means the divine in me bows to the divine in you. And this is the feeling that permeates this stage, this connectedness to each other and to the higher power in all of us. It's saying the God in me sees the God in you. And you're really just connecting with humanity on the whole. You look at the homeless person while you're driving in your car. You look at a homeless person sitting on the side of the road. And a lot of times, you know, we have our opinions, we have our judgments, but a lot of times in this stage, you'll, you'll come to a situation like that and your compassion and your empathy and your, um, you know, just feeling of reaching out to that person, you know, you kind of get these little feelings that you kind of pulled away from before you had this separation and now your heart pulls you in certain directions because you're really feeling these elevated states of emotion, which can be really kind of a wild ride for somebody who's spent the majority of their life in a state of emotional shutdown. I mean, sometimes, and it's usually the people around you, your family, people will see these changes in you. And although they're positive and you're experiencing so much growth and happiness, for some reason... It's, it's almost like your happiness, your growth, your expansion can be like a mirror up to the people around you. And it like reflects something back at them that they don't have or can't or don't relate to at all. And speaking of judgments, <clears throat> they might think you've lost your damn mind. And, you know, they may start making things difficult for you. They may say things. They may not encourage you. You may, you know, come to some realization about um, the direction you're going and the direction that other people are in and whether or not they're um, evolving or moving <laughs> towards the same thing. Um, but this can have implications during the third stage, but we'll get to that next. Um, one of the things... During this stage of bliss, I do want to just tell you this quick story. I remember being in the shower and meditating and having this super profound experience. It was probably a month into um, me having this spontaneous awakening experience. And I found that meditation um, for me was really, really powerful when I was in the shower and so I would go and I'd get in the shower and I'd start meditating. Well, this day I was having super profound experience. I started seeing visions, started feeling such a sense of acceptance and love and a deep-seated knowing that I am magnificent and that I have infinite knowledge. And then as I sat in the floor of my shower, just letting the water beat down on me and just basking in this feeling, I remember I just started bawling my eyes out. I cried and cried and I was crying and I was thinking about having to get out of the shower and get ready for work. And I remember saying over and over, I just felt like I was just 
ah, it was just so painful. I kept saying over and over, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And I just kept repeating it over and over. I was talking to my guides. I was going, just don't make me go back. I don't want to have to do all this. I wanted to stay in my bubble of enlightenment. You know, but we we have to continue to navigate our world while we are going through all of this. And, you know, for me, that was the hardest thing. It's like, oh, my God, this fucking bliss feeling. It's amazing. I could sit here all day. I could meditate and, you know, read books and paint pictures and, you know, think up, a, you know, wonderful things to, to do and and talk about. But you have to live in this world. And it's that feeling of, I don't know if I know how to do this. But we're going to get through it together. So also in this stage, when we talked about our body's energy centers coming online in the first stage, well, here in this stage is where your heart chakra comes online. It just opens up and you have access to more of your intuition. You may have spiritual gifts that you've always had but never realized them. I remember when I was a little girl, oh my God, I was such such a weird kid, but I love that I was a weird kid because now it makes so much sense. Um, But I was real into trying to move things with my mind and the phrase mind over matter really um, hit me when I was a kid. I thought, oh yeah, mind over matter. And for some reason, I just latched onto that. I believed it. I would try to move things all the time with my mind. Um, So I believe that we are all um, gifted with psychic abilities. I think that we're all gifted. I mean, your intuition, it's your gut. You know, how many times does something happen or you dream something or, you know, you say, oh my God, I knew I should have done that and I just didn't do it. I didn't listen to my gut. Well, that, we all have it. And in this stage, you start to really start to tune in and listen. And when you do, it's amazing because this is the portal of connection, your heart chakra for all of the emotions that you're feeling. Um, You know, so you have this whole energetic side to your emotions. Um, This heart chakra is opening up, allowing you to feel. So whenever you're thinking of um, this whole process, start thinking of the chakras as portals that when online and functioning well... They allow you to feel things that you maybe had been numb to. And that includes your spiritual gifts, which is fun trying to figure it out, trying to, you know, just go with it and see what happens. Again, this stage is going to overlap the first sometimes, but it will also um, carry over to the next stage. And sometimes you'll be doing stuff from stage two and stage five at the same time, and that's okay. You are becoming part of your new self, so to speak. The initial wow factor may be a little bit more integrated, so you're not so shocked at, oh my God, the world isn't the world I thought it was, but it's more intertwined now in this stage with the rest of you as you start to progress through. The biggest tip in this stage is go with it. Find ways of feeling into these states of consciousness. Meditation is a good one. Listening to music. Podcasts. So find a good podcast to listen to. Um, my favorite, being in nature. Just being in nature. These all amplify the connection. So, 
you know, find what works for you. Find where your connection is the strongest. You know, in your house, the broadband connection, sometimes you'll go into a room and you can't hear for shit on your phone. You're like, hello, can you hear me now? It's because the connection is not good in that room. You have to move. You have to go do something else. And that's really kind of how it is. So you find what works and you carry this new energy with you throughout your day-to-day interactions with people and, um, you know, ideas and self-realizations and all of that shit. Okay, well, so, of course... Just like in life, when things are going really good and you're feeling great and you're vibing and you're all on this big high, the shit hits the fan, and you now will enter into the third stage called the dark night of the soul. It sounds so epic, and it really does begin the hardest stage of your awakening process. Never fear, though. I've got lots of tips, and i walk you through it. So the phrase, the dark night of the soul, it sounds so, whoo, like your shit's about to get drugged through the mud. And really, yeah, pretty much. It can be traced back, the phrase, uh, dark night of the soul, can be traced back to a 16th century Spanish poem by the Roman Catholic mystic San Juan de la Cruz, or St. John of the Cross, where in it he writes about the journey of the soul to this mystical union with God. And its message is one of purging your soul of the darkness, the pain, traumas, habits, belief systems, everything that you have previously used to construct your existence in this reality comes under a spiritual microscope. You are going to examine your life. You'll even come to terms with things that may be affecting you in this lifetime from a past lifetime. The soul will trigger things in you. Oh, yeah. This is where shit gets real, folks. Remember how I said in the beginning how you will, how certain people all of a sudden have this clarity about how certain people and relationships and situations are making them feel? Because this is where, in this stage, it has a lot of importance. This is because in order for your soul to elevate to the next level of consciousness, deep, deep healing has to happen in you. And the body has a great way of showing you your shit. So, yeah. Triggers. Boy, are these fun. Triggers. Well... So, yeah, you've heard the phrase, oh, I got triggered or that triggered me. Triggers are your soul's way of getting you to pay attention to what needs to be healed. It really is miraculous. You don't need, you know, a lifeline to God to tell you this. It is truly your body will tell you. So let's see. Let's get into this. You get triggered. You may start to feel in your body a signal like a tenseness or an anxiety or feelings of anger or resentment. And this is letting you know. This is the body saying, hey, there's something there at the root of it all. There was an initial insult to your energy energy system, your soul, that relives this traumatic experience over and over in a masked sort of way. 
in it, the dark night of the soul, where you dive deep and uncover the things that are deeply rooted in you that need to be healed. It is the main theme of this stage. Your soul is declaring that there must be a great purge to uncover and allow these experiences to no longer hold you hostage, but to be processed and felt and then released. The digging deep that you have to do, the healing. Usually usually what has to happen is healing of things that happened early on in our lives, our childhood, painful past experiences. And this makes sense because when you're a child, you don't have you know, the wherewithal to process bad things that happen to you. You don't sit down and examine, oh, let me look at my life and the circumstances and f- process this. Unless you have an adult or somebody that is walking you through, hey, you just experienced a death in your family. Let's take you to the counselor. Or let's talk about this. Or let's, you know, allow you to have some emotional, um, you know, recourse. Unless you have someone that's guiding you as a child, usually when bad things happen to you, you pretend it doesn't. If you, especially... You know, if something bad happened and everybody told you to, you know, be quiet, don't don't uh, make a scene or whatever, um, it, it's not easy. It's not, and and it kind of sucks. So these painful past experiences, the the trauma is housed in the lower three chakras of our energy system. So we're talking about the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus chakra. And, you know, as you move through this next stage, things are going to come up and it is your job during this stage to feel it. The only way to allow this trauma energy to move through the body and to be released is to actually feel it, acknowledge it, and release it. So you have to, first of all, recognize when it happens Then you got to step back for a minute outside of your emotional response that's stirring stuff up, that's triggering you, that's going, I want to smack the shit out of this person because they just called me fat or whatever. It's a trigger. So it could be anything. And then when you step back out of it, you realize you're being triggered. You apply this new knowledge that you have to stop pushing it down and hiding it under the rug. And it is very very heavy, dense energy. And just when you think you've healed something, it may pop up, back up, you know, down the road somewhere to clean out all the junk. You have to allow everything to surface. You have to clean it out so that more light can penetrate your being and bring you even higher into higher states of consciousness. So what's really happening in this stage is bit by bit, As you unearth and you heal, your ego is dissolving in a sense. So during this stage, not only are you dealing with the trauma and healing, but also you're dealing with the ego and its old pattern of reminding you, hey, you know who you are. You've been, you're this child that's been abused your whole life and it replays these stories that you have identified with your whole life. You know, you become this story. I was abused as a child. I was never supported. I was always taking care of not only myself, but those around me. 
Um, I was fiercely independent, and that's because I was always neglected. You know, these stories, they just keep going. You know, I don't, I can't connect to people because I never had a good example. So you keep telling yourself what you are and what you are not, blah, blah, blah. It's a mechanism that helped us to avoid pain and to control our environment. And, you know, that's what the ego's job is in survival. We humans hate not knowing what's up ahead. And it's difficult, What you know, but we have to develop this new ego, so to speak. Ego, um, <laughs> ego the second. One that's more refined. It functions in tandem with your soul, your higher self. Instead of always being in control, it kind of just gives you little reminders and your higher self can sort of navigate the road ahead. Now, it can take a while in this stage, and my feeling is that there will be things that pop up and require reflection and healing, you know, intermittently, even after you feel like you've moved through it and you're feeling more integrated and whole. But that's okay. You know, we're human beings. We experience emotions and we have things happen to us it doesn't stop. We can't just heal our past. We have to heal ourselves as we go too. Um, because as soon as you have peace and you're moving forward, then bam, something, <laughs> something you thought was healed can resurface with, you know, just more residual to clear it out. So the big tip here um, in this stage is get in touch with your inner child. One of the most powerful things to do is to heal your inner child. You may think, I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to do that, Sheila. I, I had a pretty decent childhood. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, it can be done through just a simple traditional method. If you know that you have stuff in your childhood that needs to, you know, you need to confront. Um, yeah, you can do that through traditional methods, psychotherapy, talk therapy, things like that. But open yourself up to things like the healing power of yoga. Here I go again with the yoga. But moving your body, it moves the energy and it helps to clear your system. Another good one, Reiki, energy healing. It has changed my life. Reiki is such a powerful, powerful tool for healing. It's a modality that I practice now after working as an RN for my whole career and I tell you, I have so much um, just I am truly in wonder at Reiki and the power of it. Uh, it balances not only your energetic system so that you can feel um, emotionally well and spiritually well, but it also truly um, removes physical dis-ease from your body. Um, Reiki is based on the principles that our body's energetic system are the storehouses, the chakras are the storehouses for all of our traumas. If you've experienced, for example, sexual trauma, that is the area of the sacral chakra. And you may have a block, most definitely, I would have a block in that area. And if it's not processed, if those emotions can't come to the surface, if you don't walk through it with someone that can support you, and, and guide you. It can lead to emotional, mental, physical, all of that problems in your body. So Reiki is channeled from source energy through a practitioner and through gentle touch with these, 
you know, their hands, they hold, I hold my hands lightly above the energy centers on a person's body. Sometimes I'll gently touch. It just depends on what you want. I do a little bit of um, sound therapy. I do some, you know, work with crystals. It's just, there is an unbelievable world of uh, other modalities of healing that the mainstream of most people just don't know about. But so my point here is open your mind and allow for other ways for your body to heal. So um, oftentimes when, you know, I have a client come in that is healing childhood trauma, it's not uncommon to have an emotional release when they're on the table. The body will react. You'll start crying. I, I, you know, I've had people start twitching or trembling, tingling. It's all a sign of emotional release after the energetic system has been activated and then cleared out. And in my opinion, it's one of the best things to help you through this stage of your spiritual awakening. If you're curious, you can just Google Reiki, R-E-I-K-I, or just look up energy healing. There's a wonderful book I have by uh, Dr. Sue Mortar called The Energy Codes. It's very similar um, in, you know, just talking about this energy centers and how you can heal your body and your mind through energy. And it's fantastic. If you... uh, want to get that book, or you could always uh, find out more information on my website, loveandlightreiki.org. I have a cool little video where I talk about um, the chakras, the the energy system, and how it works, and it kind of just sheds a little bit more light on it and answer any questions that you might have. So last thing that I will hammer home here is it will only take as long as you are willing to surrender. If you fight the uncovering of painful trauma and, you know, nobody wants to relive their trauma, but it's going to prolong it and you're not going to move through this stage. You're not going to get to the good stuff. You're just going to be stuck. So this good old ego again is going to try to make sure that it can help you. Excuse me. God, I sound like a drunk. But anyway... So anyway, that good old ego is trying to make sure it can help you by controlling the things that cause you harm. And, and it, I guess it perceives that these memories or this reliving of it could, could cause you harm. And so you're going to get these feelings where, no, I don't want to do that. You want to hide it. You want to push it down. You want to avoid it. It doesn't want to let go. But you have to surrender. You have to dive headfirst, heal and purge everything. The more you surrender, the faster you will get through it. And now you're moving into the next stage, which is called the void, or as I like to call it, where did everybody go? Go, go, go. Get it? The echo? Get it? (laughs) Yes, Sheila, we get it. Okay, so you are now coming into this stage um, where you're like, where did everybody go? It's a stage where you can relax a little bit coming out of the dark night of the soul. You've been purging the shit out of your childhood stuff. You've been purging the shit out of your relationship stuff and figuring out what you want to do and how you want to do it and your history of people pleasing and your cycle of dysfunction and oh my God, you're just so freaking exhausted And so the good news is that you can hang out 
rejuvenate. That's the word. I love that word. Rejuvenate your sense of who you are in this new universe that you live in. So you're coming out of the darkness. You're integrating that bit of bliss from the expansion stage. But also, you get here and you're like, nothing is happening. I feel like somebody turned the lights off. And that's because it takes time for your soul self to align with this new you. Realize that there is nothing wrong, but it's going to feel like the connection has been interrupted. Like I said, like somebody just turned the lights out. All of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're going to feel like I just got to know my guides and I just started to feel that connection, that intuition. And then you just all of a sudden feel like the connection might be gone suddenly. Um, sometimes people say, I feel like, you know, their higher power, God or source or the universe just dropped out, leaving me to my own devices and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's really, you know, a time where you could spiral into, you know, holy shit, what do I do? But just breathe, just breathe. You've come out of the dark night of the soul. You've done some healing. Imagine like, it's like you're a lost little kid in a museum, and your guides or God or the higher self have been taking you on a tour. And you're shown all the amazing things about who you are. They're showing you what to heal and they're supporting you with moments of synchronicity. Um, they've eased you into a greater understanding of the quote unquote artwork and the displays, which is metaphorically your life. And you're wandering around seeing all this lovely and inspiring art. And then you look up and you think, it's time to move to the next exhibit. I'm so excited. What's going to be there? And they're not there. You look around. Your guides are gone. And you have no idea where to go next. Or so it seems. This is for a very real and important aspect of your evolution as a soul. Not only are you here in this stage to rest for a bit because you've just freaking been beat the crap out of with your healing journey, but it's time to learn how to be in tune with your higher self, to quit depending on this outside source of what you feel is the wisdom of the universe coming from someplace on the external and you have to learn to start to go inward and realize that you have infinite wisdom and that you are totally capable of giving yourself divine guidance. Your spirit support team is giving you space to stand on your own two feet, to fend for yourself, all for the purpose of showing you that you can. It's during this void stage that it's a time when you're being called to find your inner guidance, your light that's inside you. That is your higher self. I mean, that's the whole whole freaking point of awakening. So you get here and now you're, you're like, okay, um, I have to figure this out. And you realize that you don't need to constantly feel connected to an external source of guidance. You... Yes, you are a spiritual being. You are not a body. You're in a body. You're not a body. You know, you're, you're not this body just hoping to tap into some source that has the answers and powers to help you in your time of need. It's now. 
in this void where you have the realization that has to happen. You need to have this uh, epiphany to show you that you are what my girl Christina Lopes calls a stream of consciousness that comes straight from source. I just love that. You are your own Google. This, The answers that you seek are not anywhere else but inside you. And it's time to start stepping into your divinity and start putting this into practice. It is really time to get to know the new you. You've done so much work and now it's time for you to realize I am unveiling this spectacular new me. And you have to figure out new ways of living your life. Remember, you're emerging from all this healing and discovering new truths about yourself and about the world that you live in. And there's going to be things in your life that you want to do differently. And this is the time to figure out what works for you in your relationships, in your career, in terms of your spiritual practice. You're going to start integrating things like meditation and healthy eating You're going to have boundaries and relationships and maybe move on to new relationships that serve your highest good if need be. But it's fundamental to, again, this evolution that your soul is undergoing. It's fundamental to get through this stage where you tap into your own divinity. You're going to venture into your own power. You're not depending on the spirit world to validate every choice or every answer that you seek. You have to learn to trust yourself. And during this time, imagine that you are truly merging your consciousness that you've always, you know, your ego self, and you're merging that with your higher self. And you meld, if you will, with the deeper wisdom within your soul. We are a piece of the creator, the all there is, source, the universe, God. And it's this spark within us that we have to learn to access for our daily lives. And so now we are to our fifth stage of our spiritual awakening. And I call it the stepping into your sovereignty or your sovereignty stage. The word sovereignty itself means autonomy, independence, self-government, self-rule, personal freedom, all those things. Sovereignty, man. In this stage, you come into your spiritual maturity. Everything starts to feel like you can observe the world and your life's journey and humanity from a new perspective of understanding how everything kind of interconnects. Things seem to connect on, in a symbiotic way. Your emotions are in check. Woo! Isn't that a relief? <laughs> and if they aren't, you're getting triggered, and now you're able to see that for what it is and handle it accordingly. You go, I need to get some Reiki, or I need to go do some meditation, or I need to take a uh, Epsom salts bath and just soak I need to hang out with people and have fun. I need to listen to music. I need to do whatever. Float your boat. Um, This stage reminds me of when... Now, have you ever known somebody that went away into the military and maybe before they left, they were kind of a loose cannon? Somebody that was maybe unpredictable and didn't have the most mature perspective on things and... So they head off to boot camp and everybody just hopes for the best. I think it'll be good for them. 
or they think at least hope they don't do something stupid and get kicked out, but they stuck it through boot camp and endured the development of all that hard shit. And then they come home after being gone for a while and everybody's like, wow, they've really changed. I can just see a change in them. Man, they're really respectful and they did the dishes and didn't even have to be asked and they're considerate and they seem to have a much more um, certain perspective of who they are. Well, this stage is like that. So you've emerged from boot camp and done your time and you're now this butterfly, a new creature, things that triggered you in the dark night that made you dig deep and uncover the crap that been holding you back for so long has now been replaced with this unconditional love. And it's it's unconditional love of of humanity, of everyone else, but it's really, really the biggest thing is it's this unconditional love of who you are, of everything that you've been through, of all your experiences, and you forgive yourself and you love yourself and those things that triggered you before no longer have the same effect on you. You have this inner peace and this sense of security, ding, 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 that root chakra has been opened up and cleared. And it's just time to fucking be happy. You don't have to take things as seriously as you once did. You're kind of in your groove. You don't get stuck in trying to figure out every darn solution to problems that come up for yourself and for other people. You just kind of trust and go with the flow. Your energy is lighter. You know, it's just a really nice place to be. If this stage had a theme song, it would be, totally be, Bob Marley, Don't Worry. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Okay, I can't sing. I'll shut up now. But anyway, the idea that you will get through whatever comes, you know? You know you'll always be able to overcome life's challenges. You become this willing participant. You don't sit back and, you know, you've stopped the fear game. You're learning to let spirit lead you. You've got a handle on what it feels like to connect with your inner guidance. You've already put in place practices that help to ground you and give you an outlet to feel your way in the world. You aim to cultivate a more peaceful, fulfilled life in whatever way that takes shape for you. You kind of stop the what if game, the, oh God, the worst case scenario (laughs) mentality. And you become this powerhouse, honestly. This is where your manifestation power increases. You are able to use your connection to source to create the life of your dreams. Your sense of connection to source and your guides comes back. Uh, when you were in the void, you were like, where the hell did they go? And But they're back and you are feeling as if you are plugged in again. And when you're feeling low on energy, you have ways to bring yourself out of the heaviness of it. The heaviness of the rat race, the hamster wheel, the fear-based worldview. And into that guidance, you know, you're looking into that guidance that comes from your higher self and your spirit team. You step into that place of confidence, of sovereignty to make choices that serve your highest good. And I'll be damned if anybody's going to mess my day up. (laughs) It's finally time to enjoy yourself. 
And in, and in this stage, the most important thing I can tell you is to just stay connected to whatever lights you up inside. Those nature walks. I cannot get enough of nature. Or maybe it's writing, singing, painting, woodworking, knitting, gardening. I mean, anything. But those things become medicine for your soul. And here's the other big one. You stop blaming people for making you feel a certain way. You stop pointing fingers and you start looking more at how am I reacting to this? And you see that that peace is always inside you. And finally, 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 we are rounding third and heading for home and into the final stage of a spiritual awakening. And it is what I call the mission or purpose stage, aka let's do this. (laughs) So in your newfound wisdom, you've gone through so much You've been drugged through the mud and you're, you're now in a place where you're feeling very grounded. You now start focusing on your purpose. You're moving past all this growth and expansion and now you're kind of like, okay, now what, how can I serve humanity or myself or my family? Everyone, everyone that has incarnated on this earth has a specific plan, a mission or a purpose for what you are going to learn and what you'll contribute to humanity for your soul's evolvement. There's a literal blueprint in our body, in our DNA that's specific to us. And during this last stage, it gets turned on or activated. And in this energy right now that we are feeling on the planet, that is what's happening to people. Our DNA is becoming activated. These spiritual gifts are coming online. Some people are like having, you know, psychic moments where, I mean, it's just out of the blue. They didn't even know they were in a spiritual awakening. This energy is intense. And so with all of that, uh, you're going to see some changes. You become very mission-focused. You choose to start following your destiny or your dharma, and you really are focused on figuring out what that is. And most of the time, it's really not something that you have to sit and think a whole lot about. If you've done enough soul-searching, if you've done enough dark night of the soul healing, you know there's a passion in you for something. And follow that, you know. You'll become very focused on it. You you know, maybe your mission is to be an artist or a musician and affect humanity with your music. My uh, life has been, I mean, changed for the better by Mr. Jason Mraz. If you're out there listening to my podcast, Jason, you are a light unto the world. <laughs> and I have followed you ever since the very beginning. And okay, I'm going to shut up because I'm like fangirling here. But um, maybe your maybe your mission is to be a scientist and invent something that will elevate humanity in some way. I think of Elon Musk when I think of that. Uh, it, maybe you're an influencer, a teacher. Every mission is valuable. It's necessary. And we are all part of the greater whole. There are a lot of changes that are going to start seeing as a result of this massive awakening that's been happening on the planet. I mean, since 2020, we've all just sort of been catapulted into some major changes. And um, music is a big one in the 
you know, in our society. Music is a big one I've noticed. So many artists are changing or incorporating spirituality into their music, and I freaking love it. Um, It's not just the fringe artists, you know, the ones that don't get a lot of airtime, but it's becoming more and more mainstream to acknowledge our divinity and practices such as affirmations, meditation, mantras, these vibrational frequencies that are, I mean, now being proven to to heal the body. Sound therapy is showing amazing promise. Look this stuff up, guys. It's freaking awesome, the future that we have. But during this time, this let's do this, this mission purpose stage, you know, it's when you really start feeling like you know why you're here and you have some direction to move into. You start to almost feel pushed by spirit to go in you know, the direction that you're, that you're being called to, or to just know when you should pursue something. You feel connected and then you act without knowing the how of how it's all going to work. You are building relationships, maybe a new business, maybe you are moving into a new job or a new career, new training, but with an openness to the universe, to source that you provide the effort and they will provide the outcome. Take a step. Just take a step. That's what the mission is all about. Connecting with your intuition, feeling a nudge to do something, and then you act. Maybe you get a feeling that you should maybe do a painting class. And so, I don't know, you just feel inspired. So you look up painting classes, you sign up, You know, you're doing something, you're making a step, you're taking one step, and then you go to that class and you meet someone, and that someone becomes, you know, a really good friend or maybe the love of your life, but you let the universe work in your favor. You you get a nudge that yoga would be good for you, so you take a step towards that. You just follow your intuition. That's the world that you begin to live in. You know, for some, you might be quitting your jobs and starting a new business. But the point is, when you feel your intuition giving you something, especially if it's repeated over and over through synchronicity, then you make a commitment to take a step, to move forward, and the universe will work it out for you. I mean, your spirit team is there for you, cheering you on, hoping that you will just ask for help. So that is my final tip. When you finally discover what your mission or your purpose or your, you know, your calling is, you learn to access whatever's inside of you, but also know your spirit team, you have guardian angels and spirit guides. And yes, it sounds all crazy and metaphysical, but they are there. And the only thing that you have free will, so they cannot interfere with your free will. You have to ask for assistance. You have to ask for help. If you've grown up in um, any kind of religion and had a, a tradition of prayer, it's the same thing. It's asking for help. Now, here's the thing. The difference is you're not necessarily depending on, please, God, help me out of this. I don't know what to do. Please have mercy on me. It's really just tapping into that um, connection with source, that divinity within yourself. You're focusing on that manifestation of what it is you want to have happen or need to have happen, and you expect it. You give gratitude for it, and you um, just learn. Take a step, and move forward. Take a step. They will help me. 
So ask for help because otherwise they can't interfere. They can't help. They can't manipulate things and people and, you know, places and things to, you have to say, I give you permission to help me in any way that serves my highest good for today. And I do that every day. I just invite that into my life. So anyway, this has gone really long and I've had the most freaking amazing time doing it. And it's my first um, episode and I'm just so grateful that I was able to um, make this happen. This is my mission purpose. So on that note, um, thank you so much for joining me today for Seeking Spirit. It has been an absolute pleasure and um, I look forward to my next episode. And I thought you know what? Let's do this. Let's, since we talked now about spiritual awakening, we got through all this, the the stages and you know what it's about. I'd like to do a personal story. So next episode, I'm going to have my daughter, Sophie, who is really the one that kind of just pushed me over the edge. <laughs> she went over and pushed me off the, the spiritual cliff. And so I'm going to have her on. We're going to talk and just get real personal, and it's going to be awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today on Seeking Spirit. I hope you got something out of it. Um, send me an email, um, and I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, sending you lots of light and love. What's up, Soul Family? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Seeking Spirit with me, Sheila Say. Today's episode is all about spirit guides. What are spirit guides and how can they assist me in my life? We're going to dive in. We're going to talk about nine types of spirit guides, their purpose, and how to connect with them. And by the end of today's podcast, you'll have a much better understanding of your spirit guides and how they can assist you with whatever you're going through on your journey. Okay, so all right, let's get it going. Let's do it.